This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, guys? Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This is episode 507. Uh, This episode, excuse me, this episode is a little different. I mean, we've done episodes like this in the past. Uh, this is a one-on-one with me and my great friend Aaron Blisey from the Fall Podcast of us just kind of shooting the shit, talking about... We always talk, end up talking about podcasting, um, but we talk about hunts and stuff like that. You know, just good one-on-one buddy conversation. So, yeah, hope you enjoy this. I always like doing episodes like this and mixing it up and... Just doing different things um, for week to week rather than doing the same podcast over and over and over again. Uh, This weekend, we will see you at the Ohio Open Season Expo in Columbus, Ohio. We will be there right next to our great friends, Whitetail Adrenaline. Hope you listened to the episode last week. Uh, Love those guys. So come out and say hi to both of us. It's going to be a party. Um, And then we're going to be... I don't know, hanging out. My One of my best friends lives in Columbus, Ohio. He, um, I was going to say he tattoos at, but he doesn't. Psycho Billy Barbershop is where he barbers. Um, so we'll probably be hanging out around there and all that. He looks like he tattoos. He's all covered in tattoos. So if you're in Columbus, Ohio, go out and say what's up to him. His name's Dakota. Tell him working class bowhunter said, hey, I came here to get a haircut if you're in that area. Um, he's one of the best in the biz, and he's a cool dude. And he respects hunting. Um, has nothing to do with hunting. Um, he just likes it. So it's kind of neat. So that's all in Columbus. We'll be there next weekend. Um, come out and say hey, and maybe we'll go out and get some beers together after the show and uh, hang out. So looking forward to seeing that. We're working on a custom Ohio shirt. We'll see if Eric can pull it off in the short amount of time we got between shows. Um, not likely, but it's very possible. We talk about that a little bit on this podcast. So the podcast is brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, the Envisions are coming into our door, and we're getting ready to get them outfitted with all the gear and everything on it, run over to Shooter's Archery in Indiana, and get them tuned in. We have a lot of hunting this uh, this year, and I'm going to make sure that old Josh McDaniel over there gets everything tied in on the Elite um, and 
feel confident about it and secure. You know, we're we're bouncing through a lot of hunts here this year, so we're we're looking forward to it. We're looking to burning the strings off them. So that will be awesome. Uh, code WCB if you're looking to get into your own Elite at EliteArchery.com, and you can use that code, save yourself some money at Elite, and have it shipped to a local dealer and have them set it up for you and all that. So everybody kind of wins. We look good because you used our code. You saved some money. Elite made some money. They shipped your local dealer a bow. They made some money. You supported your local dealer. It's uh, the circle of life of archery. Um, so... There it is. Elite Archery. Also, big time. Code WCB2022. Frost seeding should be on your radar right now if you're into that type of thing. Spring food plots, fall food plots. I'll start thinking about that now because by the time it's ready to go in, you're already behind the ball. And I'm normally that guy. So I get it. Be thinking about that stuff. Be thinking about your fall now. Because if you start thinking about it now, you'll be a little more prepared. You'll feel better. You'll do better. Your family won't hate you as much because you're not rushing around last second. Um, get yourself some soil test kits. We need to do that. We need to do better at doing that with Big Time. Uh, so check that out. Uh, BigTime.com, code WCB2022. Uh, Scent Crusher. Uh, I'm going to spotlight the roller bag. Um, the roller bag is basically rolling luggage with a built-in ozone generator. Um, the Halo series, you can actually charge it. You don't need an outlet to run the ozone generator. So if you're doing a, like a like our bear camp, for example, in Wyoming where we don't have electricity, I can make sure that's charged, and I will run that cycle. I'll run like a short cycle every day to where I'm not killing the battery. Um, I do bring battery chargers if I do need to recharge the Halo series, but you get quite a bit of use out of a charge on that thing. So if that's what you're wanting to do, you don't have to rely on an outlet every time. Get the Halo series from Scent Crusher. The roller bag's a great option. I can literally fit about every piece of clothing I own from Huntworth inside the roller bag um, and use that and eliminate the scent for, for bears. So then bears are tricky when it comes to all those hills and thermals and coming into the bait and all that shit. So uh, ScentCrusher.com. Then, if you have success this fall from your elite, from your big time, from your scent crusher, whatever it is, take it to Old Barn Taxidermy, Fort Madison, Iowa, or find yourself a drop-off location somewhere around the Midwest. They also have a location, maybe, they, I guess should check on that. They used to have a location in Colorado. I think it's still there and everything's everything's good. But some cool things coming from Old Barn, uh, G2 Forms is something that's newly emerging from the old barn family and I'm, i plan on doing a podcast about that they get some really interesting shit coming down the line with g2 and we'll, we'll get into that but old barn tax term fort madison iowa one of my favorite brands in the outdoor industry by a long shot um loophole optics loophole is everything they do is quality from the clothing they make to the performance eyewear to the uh, range finders to the spotting scopes to the binoculars to the rifle scopes. I mean, mostly known for the rifle rifle scopes. Um, I've actually I've ki- the only deer I've ever killed with a rifle. I had a loophole on. I was actually with the great people who loophole on that hunt. Um, but man, their range finders, the binos, I they're glued to me every time I go to the woods, whether I'm just shed hunting or hunting. I always have them in my bino harness. Um, I just you feel naked without them once you use them all the time. Um, Thermoseat, the D-Wedge right now, is probably the spotlight product coming into turkey season, especially when it's raining or the ground's cold. It keeps your knees and your legs from falling asleep while you're sitting there waiting for a bird to come in. Like You can actually get comfortable and be warm and dry. Um, so check out the Thermoseat D-Wedge. Code WCTS will save yourself some money. Or if you just need a regular traditional Thermoseat for your tree stands, you can hop on that. 
So that's pretty awesome. HHA Sports, single pin sites, lifetime warranties. Uh, we're going to get set up. Hopefully, we're going to get into those stabilizers this year. Um, Victory Archery. Um, I'm. We're going to have to put it in an order for our fall uh, hunting here because we're we plan on sending some arrows through some stuff. So I'm um, hoping that all works out. Everything's happy. And then Slick Trick Broadheads, man. I, same thing with there. I'm like, I talked to Larry at the show about the new head that just came out last year because they just slaughtered everything. I'm like, we're going to need a pack of broadheads or a couple because we plan on slinging them this year. Uh, we have a lot of hunts coming up. We'll do some detailed hunt plan episodes and stuff like that. So anyway, I'm done rambling. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I got two more that I got to hit. So Hunter's Box Club. Um, we've been doing working with Hunter's Box for a while now. Um, right now, we're doing a special turkey box. We're doing jury DVDs. We're doing a special working class turkey shirt, um, and we got some other goodies going in that box for you guys. Um, so get on Hunter's Box. Click the link in the description, and um, I can't remember how many free boxes. Like 50 of them are free. If you hit the link and you don't already subscribe, your first box is free for the price of shipping. Um, but we got some cool turkey-themed stuff going in that box for you guys. And then uh, Camo Fire. Camo Fire is a kick-ass website. Um, I'll go to it right now while recording. I always like to do this with my Camo Fire plugs because it's it's I just like the real-time aspect of it. So right now there is it's basically expiring deals and then they they start so reloading new deals in 15 hours. So right now they have a bunch of jackets for 55% off, 50% off um merino wool base layers, turkey calls on here for $6, they're 41% off. Um that's a pack of 3. Um so get on Camo Fire, check it out. I mean they here they have different oh they have a jury outdoors um Mouth call for six bucks, thirty five percent off through Hunter Specialties. That's pretty. That's pretty kick. That's kind of ironic. I brought that up. Uh, turkey decoys on here, forty percent off. Um, Avian X decoys. Dang, I actually might have to hop on some of the stuff. But anyway, um, right now it's all turkey themed stuff. Get on there, uh, save yourself some money. Camelfire dot com. Delete your browser history so your wife doesn't kill you. And uh, good luck to you. Anyway. On to it. Hopefully, enjoy this podcast. We had a lot of fun. Um, I'm also working on the uh, digital veteran shout out. I'm going to plan on working on that today, trying to get to where you guys can voice submit some veteran shout outs. We're going to experiment with that so Doug doesn't have to read. <laughs> well, just Doug sucks at reading. So, anyway, um, HHA USA supports our veteran shout out. So, we're going to try and clean that up and do a little bit better job. And maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. I'm rambling. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you guys for the support. Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. Work, class, work, class, work, 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 work
Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, it's just Kurt here today. We're recording during the workday. And then, uh, so I hit up my good buddy, Aaron Blisey from the Fall Podcast. What's up, Aaron? Nothing much, man. I'm uh, happy to be here. Glad to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a couple days. I know. And I think basically what this podcast is going to be, it's obviously no agenda. Yeah, it's on the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast platform, but we're kind of just two dudes talking like buddies. And so it's not that I'm like hosting this show and I'm like, so Aaron, this, like, you're going to ask some questions and we're kind of just, we're kind of just chatting together. There's really no one host and guest type shit, I guess, if that makes sense to the listeners. Yeah. Soup to nuts. I mean, we're going to be all over the map on this. I feel like, cause, uh, but that's, that's what I like though. I like, you know, this, sometimes podcasts get so structured where I just like letting your hair down and just, Hey, whatever rabbit hole we go down, let's go down it. Let's, let's track it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And we're, I mean, we're the podcast that kind of does a lot of looser, more relaxed stuff. And I mean, coming into turkey season here, we're going to do a lot of serious type podcasts. But one of these for a few weeks in a row or every now and again, I think is fresh and fun and keeps things fresh, especially during the off season. For sure. No, I'm uh, glad we're doing it. I haven't talked to you in a bit. Usually you and I, you and I talk about, I wouldn't say daily, but damn near every day. And you've yeah. been been hot on the road you're just a warm human in the office now just because you're coming off trade show like you're what are you halfway done or almost done with the trade shows yeah so when this uh launches i'll basically be on my way to the ohio deer classic i think is how it's going to work out ohio then wisconsin then illinois peoria um and then we're we're done until we got one in august illinois deer and beer fest um that's late august but yeah, I'm, I'm the old. I'm a road dog right now, man. I'm the you old are. road dog, asphalt cowboy, man. I felt like I was talking to people. Like I feel like I'm on fucking tour, which we kind of are. <laughs> yeah, take I the mean, band on the road. <laughs> that's right. It's fun, man. I always say we need like some shitty van with stickers all over it, you know, and take the all these shows and stuff like that. But there it's fun, go. man. I like doing the shows. I think uh, I think we're trendsetters in the podcast game. I think there's going to be a lot more podcasts trying to do booths and stuff because we've been the only one doing it for the last i mean at shows we go to anyway for the last five years yeah for sure and it's something i've kicked around because back in the day before i got into like filming professionally i my buddies and i we did like a little you know a little channel you know a little yeah. whatever you want to call it a little hunting group or whatever and we actually made DVDs back in those days, and you know we went to a couple shows and locally in Michigan and made a booth and sold our DVDs and everything. But um, you know, I've been looking to like get into that. But a question I got for you, I guess, is like I know yeah. you're you're big into the merch game too when you go to those shows. But like, what are you trying to other than the obvious exposure? What are you like trying to get mostly out of these shows? So it's changed. Uh, since we started when we started, it was an exposure thing and we had some shirts and hats to sell. We didn't have the overhead then that we do now. Um, but we basically bit the bullet and spent enough because people buy that stuff at the shows. And if you don't have it, you can't sell it. So you, ca it sucks to buy merch. It's expensive, but then it was kind of just like get seen, you know, we're really not making any money. We're trying to get our brand out there, what we do out there. Now it's kind of a blend of, you know, there is that factor to it, but a lot of it's now connecting with people who already listen, which we're very thankful for. Um, but now we actually have, and, and we're growing more into like a full line of merch in itself. Like the amount of money we put in shirts and hats and different like branded merchandise that we have is 
I think would blow some people's mind, but we, we get the expense there. So I guess if you don't have that, I mean, you're doing it for exposure, but I find a lot of people, like, I'll be honest, I find myself getting embarrassed sometimes at these shows if we didn't have merch. Like, people look at you like, well, why are you here? Right. And yep. You're just like, oh, I'm a podcast. They're like, yeah, sure you are. Everybody's got a podcast now. And it's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. You know what that, I'm saying? That, a little bit. Exactly. That was the question I had, like, or that was the reason why I said that is because what... You know, for me, I'm looking at like, why would I go do it if I, you know, I, I dabble in the merch thing, but I do it kind of like ghetto, if you will. Like I do pre-orders because <laughs> yeah. I just don't have the overhead to be able to like hold stock like you guys have. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. one of those things that, like merch is a tough game. Like you got to put a lot of overhead into it to a be lot. able to like, yeah, and, and to want to, you know, if somebody orders today, you want to get it out to them and as quick as you can. Like right now, mine is not that quick but you know it, it's good quality stuff it's just i'm trying to like expedite that process and figure that out but back to it i was just thinking like what would i be getting out of it other than, than exposure and spending a lot of money that i probably wouldn't recoup you know what i mean here i don't know looking at things we we grinded it out and we still are we're hitting every show we can and we spent a lot of money going into these shows to have the merch because imagine we went to Nebraska, well, we did ATA, but we didn't sell merch there. But we went to Nebraska, we went to PA, which we I had twelve days invested in that show total. It's a nine day show. Uh, the amount of money you don't know what to expect. How much money are you going to put into a twelve day show? What are you going to run right. on day three? And then you're like, fuck, I got nothing for the right. You just you just blew four grand on a booth, you know, mm-hmm. and travel and another two grand for Airbnb or hotel for the week, and you know that's a lot of money to. To spend, to spend and maybe not make it back. And then right after PA, we went to Indiana. Then we did Iowa. And and the way things are now, you're not ordering merch in three days and getting it for the following show. No, nope, not at all. So, that, that, even with like, I'm trying to order Richardson hats right now, dude. You can't get a Richardson hat right now. No, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the amount of money that working class ballers, a company invested into merch before show season is fucking nuts. Now I'm thankful that we have a really good merch guy um, who does a great job and we're one of his bigger clients. He's one of those guys that he doesn't need to mess around with the one-off stuff that people are like, Oh, I want one hat made and I want five hat. He doesn't really need to do that. He's got like three or four big clients. And he told us, he goes, if we can get one or two more big, big clients, we're basically not going to take any more work in because we'll just focus on your, and I'm fortunate that we've he's grown with us and uh, you know we've grown together I guess um as a company and he basically like I went to his facility for the first time cuz Eric's the merch guy and mm-hmm. I saw like the library of working class bow hunter screens he had set up he's like that's all your guys' shit like you know <laughs> so he's good to us you know so there is sometimes we can call him back dude these sold out we didn't expect them to can you put a rush order and he's like I'll do what I can but you know how things yep. are right now so the merch game's tricky, and I don't know. It's almost like don't kill yourself tr- just to go to shows. I mean, maybe it's worth putting your money into online ads and push on social a little harder because you can be seen there too. For but sure. It's a tricky game, man. We just kind of – we've been doing it for a few years, and we enjoy it. We're also yeah. professionals when it comes to doing it. You know, I've had people like, how the fuck are you guys going out drinking beer and getting up and doing these shows and like functioning and just like, I don't know, it's kind of bred into us at this point. It's called veteran. You're a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're like an old rock band. 
Well, you, when you guys, let's say you come out with a new piece of garment, like it, I shouldn't say a new piece of garment, like a new, new uh, design. design or something like that. How many, like typically, do you have a number of like how many pieces you're ordering right off the rip? Like, hey, we're going to do X amount of larges, X amount of XLs. Like, do you have a standard for that? Yeah, I'm not going to give away our secrets, but um, yeah, I mean, we obviously sell more XLs and larges and 2x than we do smalls and mediums is that a jab uh, at the working class <laughs> well it, it's i think it's a jab at hunters i think it's a jab <laughs> at hunters in general because we eat casey's pizza and drink beer uh, nothing but, wrong with that i mean and what's funny about it is we get a lot of people like you don't have kid sizes you don't have you know and i find like women's stuff people only want women's clothing and kid sizes when they're at a trade show like they're not really? ordering that shit online. Yeah, that and, does make sense. And I mean, they do order them online, but it's the flow of it doesn't match up. So what we're going to start doing is doing some of that stuff. But like Whitetail Adrenaline is a perfect example. You talk to them guys, like, yeah, hey, we have all these. We have a line of fifteen women's tanks and long sleeves and and sweatshirts. They're like, we're not selling any of that online. We sell it at the shows. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just people go there to get their their girls and their kids stuff. But for sure, I don't know. The merch is tricky. Um. I'm more on the business side and scheduling and podcast production side of it, and that's Eric's baby is the merch thing. Um, but we have our formulas on what we do, and we're actually – a lot of these shows, the designs we have are going away, and we're cycling in new designs, and we're going to bring in like – we're, we're going to keep it fresh. We're going to cycle in some fun stuff coming in this year. So we got our, mer- our merch guy and our couple designers we have – on board because let's be honest, I'm not making all these graphics. So, <laughs> right. co- combination creative makes a lot of them off my shitty sketches that mm-hmm. I send to them. And then, uh, we're gonna get a little outside the box. I'm gonna have my, I, I don't want to get too into it. I got some secrets that we're working on behind there the scenes. There you go. There you go. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm gonna start doing is like getting some more designs, but getting I'm gonna start having inventory where it's like it might not be a ton. But have inventory here where like an order comes through and it's like, hey, I'm, I'm I can ship this out and tomorrow and I have it to you in like three days. Yeah, like that's like my turnarounds. Like I'm not gonna lie, like a couple weeks right now just because of the nature of it. And I feel like every time I get an order or like I try to do like bulk orders as far as like, hey, you know, when we hit 20 orders, which will happen like in like two or three days, then I send it out and then it's like, oh, we don't have that color. We're waiting on it. So we're going to yeah. wait to print it, you know, and it's like, well, shit. Yeah. So I got to try to streamline that a little better. It's tough, dude. We're going to work on eventually the goal is to actually have a place where like the stores ran out of Eric's house right now. We're eventually, we're going to, we're outgrowing the space he has mm-hmm. um, with our inventory and like different variants of merch we have. Um, but I don't know. It's a, it's a fun thing to learn that business side, but people don't realize, you know, if you're going to have a whole store, if you're going to prepare for a show. If you don't have ten grand to put into merch, mm, I mean, it sucks. But right, and we didn't start that way. Of course, we started. We all paid money out of our own pockets and split merch, and then just never got paid back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know. Yeah, that's the kind of the bullet you got to take. To be honest with you, yeah, and we did that for years. It still are a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. not not as much as our own money, but we're just basically recycling company money to get more merch to get the brand out, right? Yeah. So, but that's the type of money you spend. You know, you want to you want to get outfitted for a show. 
completely to sell shirts consistently all weekend, you're a few grand in. Easy. For sure. And that's not even that's not even factoring in the booth cost. Well the booth you know, cost space. The the hotels, the travel, uh gas pulling a trailer, especially right now. I mean oh. a lot of it you got a question if it's weighing out. We're not gonna do as many shows next year. We're gonna drop off a few. Could we have to? Yeah, especially if gas is six six dollars a gallon. Oh yeah, anything over a couple hour drive, sayonara. I mean, we we just couldn't do it. You're gonna have to buy a Prius and just do it out of the hatchback. I know. We'll have to just buy like three Priuses and then like piece our booth apart and separate it up. Yeah, just and just right out in front of the the venue, just selling out of your hatchback, just peddling them out. That'd be kind of cool, actually. (laughs) Like we're drug dealers. There you go. But I, I think there's going to be a lot more podcasts at these uh, shows in the next year or so, I think, personally. You think um, that's good or bad? Mm, I think it's good if they do it good. I think it looks bad for all podcasts if they go in half-assed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm for saying? Sure. Like That's my worry. It's like, don't come in with like a table and a drape and like try and pedal $40 t-shirts because you didn't have... I don't know. I think if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Like mm-hmm. build you build your booth, come in professional. I mean, we we have fun, we have our vibe, but also like, if you're trying to do what we're doing, then it's not. It's it's muddy. It's muddy. For, it's more embarrassing for them than it is for us because we've always been doing them. Right. Yep. And I'm not trying to sound like arrogant there, but do you know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have your shit together. Like I I get it. Like you don't want to, you know, go in there and just like you're just standing there just waiting for people to walk up to you with no purpose. You know what I mean? You like actually want to yeah. have a little bit of a purpose and and give back a little bit, which <clears throat> comes with the merch and you know information, or maybe doing a podcast while you're doing it, like a live podcast. I don't know. Those shows can get so hectic, though. You know, it's like it's hard to oh. record a podcast. Actually, virtually impossible to do it probably in your booth. We we used to do that, and it, it shuts the booth down. The podcasts are like three quarter half invested engagement with like when I mean by that is like you with your guest or you in the conversation and you're looking around and there's people walking around and someone's walking. It's just it's too much. We don't do them anymore. I normally do them now at like the hotel or Airbnb after the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to have to like the outlook on everybody that's there. Like if, you know, the niche is podcasting like. I would expect you, if you're going to do a show, the same show you're at or we're at, it's like you got a good booth and you were prepared and set up right. Like you didn't just do it because you felt you needed to be there right? Um, just for the sake of fucking being there. And you didn't really want to put a hundred percent effort into all of it. Like our booth has evolved big time from when we started to now. And all that is just realizing what you need, what you can do, what looks better, what's more convenient, all that stuff. So for sure. It's kind of it's it's a fun learning curve, but anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I got a question for you. Since we're gonna stay on this podcast topic, possibly, what's uh, what's yeah. bothering you about the whole podcast game right now? Ooh, what's bothering me? I'm gonna put you on the spot. No, I like this. I like this. Um, not not a lot is bothering me. Uh, if you want to know the truth, like I, I like the space we're in. Um, and maybe my perspective's different. I don't know. I'll probably get judged from people who are like, oh, what the fuck is he talking about? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, from my perspective as being one of the podcasts have been around a little longer than most, um, I just think people need to – I mean, I'm nitpicking here. You know, It's like not something I think about daily. Sure. But since, yeah. since you asked, like, I think people probably need to find their own 
uh, niche in a way. Like we've done own we've style, had, their own style. Like it's hard to just like in hunting shows, you know, it's hard to be. It's hard to get noticed if you're kind of reblazing a trail someone's already blazed. For sure. Yeah, no, um, I totally get it. I think that's number one. I think number two is like this. It's with every industry. You know, we all know like the tree stand industry. There's a lot of like bickering and drama in the tree stand industry. And what I've noticed, and maybe it's just because we're trying, we're pushing real hard and we're trying to grow, um, especially the la- the beginning of 22, even harder. Um, a lot of like the drama that some of the other smaller podcasts try to stir up about. I don't know. I guess just trying to get rumor mills flying about us. It's like, man, just stay in your own lane. If you do you, like, don't try and get negative. Um, what am I trying to say? Negative attention from us because it's too hard to get positive attention. Yeah, poking the bear almost. Like, yeah. don't don't poke the bear when when really you have no reason to poke the bear. Like, that's something you and I've kind of talked a little bit off record. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna talk about like in the weeds what we talk about behind closed doors because really, I mean, frankly, nobody needs to hear it's, that. It's business. <clears throat> it's business, exactly. <clears throat> and where I get pissed off is uh, throwing shade when shade doesn't need, be, need to be thrown. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. That's like subliminally or. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When, when the facts aren't right and when, uh, I don't know, I, 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 there's a difference between throwing shade and having an opinion. I'm okay with anybody having their opinion. You have a right to have your opinion. That's what makes America great to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like, First of all, have your facts right. Second of all, uh, come to me before you do it. And if you want to right. throw shade, you know what I mean? Like, instead well, of, I don't know, that's where I'm at with it. I learned a lot. And to me, that if that happens, Aaron, I think it's, it's kind of a compliment. It's kind of 100%. a compliment in a way because it's like, man, I didn't even have to do nothing and they're talking about me. Yep. So that means that you're, you're probably doing something right. Um, and I realize there's a lot of people, and I feel like I've grown a lot as a person and an adult in this industry, this outdoor industry, you know. Um, and I'm like also learning how to handle like uh, hate a little different. Like I, I give a fuck now a lot less than I did six months ago, and a lot of that is because of some of the mentors I have in this industry. It's like ah, don't read those forums, don't pay attention to that. Oh, they're just nobody doing better than you hates on you. I'm yep. like, oh, that's a good point. You know, so I don't give a fuck really because people are going to talk. But I also have like I also used to be a very reckless kid. <laughs> so like <laughs> when when it's a, it's like that old motto. It's like man, someone's talking about you. Like bring it right to them. Like just yep. get right to them. Be like yeah, what's the deal? I have that mentality a lot with me now. But like the adult in me has to just be like, who gives a shit? Just let them do it. Fuck them. Yeah. And I'm the same way. It's like, hey, if you wanna if you wanna discuss it, let's let's get on the phone or let's meet up and talk. It doesn't have to be go to blows with it, but let's talk about it first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like come to me, let's discuss it. I'm not looking to get in an argument unless I need to. But also to kind of further your point, if they're talking about you, it's a good thing. I'm a firm believer in that. In my world, there's no demotion, there's only promotion. Like yeah. if you're talking about me, bad press is good press to me. Um, you know, yeah. it's like the Con- Conor McGregor theory. They're always talking about Conor when it's yeah. like, well, you're just blowing up Conor, mm-hmm. which is uh, is you know, in that business, it's good. But you know, it, 
What what can they say bad about you? You know, if, if say somebody in the industry wants to talk shit about you, it's like okay, unless you've really poached or did something out of the box, um, yeah, it could be controversial. Like if someone, and I'm not against hunting over bait. Um, I can't do it in Illinois. Um, I'm not saying I would if it was legal, but someone might disagree with someone hunting over bait that's an outdoor personality or whatever. But if it's legal, it's like well, whatever, right? You really right. can't shit on them that much, but. I mean, what, what what bothers you the most besides kind of what we just talked about in podcasting or um, other podcasts? Because for the know, record, we met through podcasting, and it's always been positive. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, you and I, have, like, and from from my point of view, like, you and I have become really good friends, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, probably my best friend in the podcast game, to be honest with you, like, as far thousand as... percent. You know, and you're a guy I can trust. Um, not a lot of other guys out there I can trust. I've tried and and kind of had you know been backstabbed a little bit, but we won't get into that. But um, we're both in our own lanes, though, and we both know that for sure. And you know, there's uh, what I guess to get to your question, what I don't like about it, man. Um, I probably should have thought about this before I asked you because I need <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, to come back. But you've been yeah, in the industry a lot longer than me in general, too. So, I mean, your perspectives are probably a little multi-layered even outside of podcasting. I, I will say with that being said, uh, the TV industry used to be really cool to be in um, from my perspective. Like it was like you walk around ATA and, you know, you're known as someone's field producer or camera pro- or camera guy or something like that. That was that was neat. Like. It was cool to be at ATA and do that. Now I just give a shit less to go. Like I, I there's so much drama filled uh, bullshit that I just, I, I, I just, uh, I sit back and and focus on what I'm doing and it just keep forging ahead because the way I'm not a very good multitasker at all. So when the moment I worry about someone else, then my shit gets dropped. So yeah, if I worry about someone else for even the slightest minute. It's like my shit's starting to like decline, which I don't like. So I got to keep the ball rolling on my end first. Um, but I will say, like uh, podcasting, what bothers me, man? Um, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, and I, I'm gonna probably get put on the cross for this. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing to say, but um, well, probably not. But we get what you're trying to get at. Yeah, it, I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail probably, but. Because I don't want this to sound like a dick measuring contest. Like I'm not sitting here saying this is what I've done and, and what you've done um, or what anybody's done. But I feel like you got to have a little bit of credibility if you're going to be out there talking about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and you and I mm-hmm. and, and Austin That's and something I've said for a long time, dude. Honestly. Yeah. So if yeah, someone's going to give you shit, they're going to give me shit for it too. For sure. And, you know, when I was in the, the studio with you guys this last November, we kind of brushed on a little bit, but like the guys, uh, that, and I'm not going to s- single anybody out, but the guys that aren't, um, capitalizing, I guess, it's hard for me to, to take, uh, take information from that and like really, really take it home. Um, it's the best way I could sugarcoat yeah. it. I best I get, but I know what you're saying it's hard to teach biology if you're not a biologist. Well, yeah, but I I get it. Like there's there's you can go on. You know, if we're gonna talk about like kills and and harvesting deer, like I get it. It's like anything. You have the yips, like in golf or like baseball. Like you just a couple years, things just won't go right. But when you're yeah. going four years, five years, and and you're not like even getting close. Like it's, 
and you're talking to me about hunting uh pinches and and the pre-rut mm-hmm. like i don't know man like you I gotta like i I know what you're saying, 100, percent and I I do agree. Like you know, you're not going to kill 190 every year, but something you got to have something. Um, I don't even care the size of it, man. Really, honestly, I mean, you're out there doing right. it, like so. Yeah, yeah, you're doing what you talk about, but also it's like I feel like a lot of those types of content, you know, whether it's a show or a podcast or whatever, I feel like that stuff's pretty easy to see. Um, like I. I don't post memes. I think memes are okay in our working class bow hunters groups of other people post them. But I think if you're a content creator and you're relying on memes to keep your social media going, I don't, I don't consider you a creator. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's kind of like, I don't know. To me, that's kind of like, ah, fuck it. I'll just make memes. I don't know. To me, that's kind of like your, your real content should carry your pages and your platform, not memes. Yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a meme that does better numbers online than an episode and downloads does, that's a problem. Yeah. And maybe I'm skewed on that. No, no, I I agree 100% because I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, articulate this the best way possible without just... <laughs> Sound like you know, an asshole, right? right. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be anyway. Like, I just feel like there's some You got to be careful how you word it because feelings are going to get hurt. Exactly. And I feel like there's podcasts out there that are screaming from a mountaintop things that probably might not be for the greater good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I'm not and saying also, mine. In, in defense, dude, there's also a lot of podcasts that are putting out fucking kick ass informative content that aren't getting any traction. And I think it's just because it's lost in the flood. Yeah. I, I agree. 100%. And there's I'm not saying a lot of those. Yeah, and I'm not saying every week my content is just the top notch either. I mean, you're going to have your core group Same. of following. You know, you know, there's yep. there's going to be core people that are just going to follow you because they believe in what you do and they and they do it the same way or they want to learn from. I get that. Not everybody's yeah. going to like me. Not everybody's going to like you. Um, but I feel like there are some 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 platforms out there that really need to uh, to hone in on their craft a little bit more. I guess. Me yeah. included. I mean, I'm a student of the game. Like, I'm not sitting here on my soapbox saying I'm the fucking best. That's far from the truth. Like, for sure. Yeah. You know, sure. I, I, I'm not, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not an expert at anything. That's why I bring experts on to talk about, you know, yeah, and definitely. Get information that's from the fun them. part of it. But for also, sure. too, you know, it's like, I think, you know, being informative, yes, is important. But if you really want to break it down, you know, like, I want to be a little of both. Like, I want to be just as entertaining, if not a touch more than we are informative. Like, yes. Um, yep. and, and when we have like interaction with listeners at the show, we get more, more comments on like the crazy shit we do and say in a positive way than we do some of the informative stuff. Now, I still get like, oh yeah, that one time when you had, when Austin said this, that was cool. Yeah, we do get that, but. Right. Like episode 500 was like crazy. Not a lot of people were learning shit from episode 500, but I feel like it was entertaining. We get more compliments on that than anything. Yeah, and that's something that I think the foundation of what what my podcast has been about is getting like elite in my mind, elite humans on talking about you know their experiences and how to be a better deer hunter, uh, but also filtering in those guys that nobody knows that are doing extraordinary things. But then I missed the boat on like what you guys are so good at is like just sitting around deer camp talk, 
You know what I mean? Mm. It's not that I, I guess I don't know if I missed the boat, but it was like, it wasn't my focus. So like that, like you can paint yourself into a, a hole or a corner doing what I've been doing as far as like, let's just hit him with informative stuff, which I try to sprinkle in here and there some other stuff. But now going forward, like there's going to be now that I have like a studio and I can have people come, like it's going to be more like, let's just bullshit and drink a case of beer and talk. And people yeah. love that, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hopping on your guys' bandwagon and, and copying you <laughs> for that. Cause well, you guys it, are so you know good at that. Well, that, that's what we've, what we do. We've done that from the beginning, but what's weird about it is like, we just kind of made what people do anyway and put it on a public platform, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we're, I, and I'm sure we're not the first ones. We're one of the first, you know, I can say with confidence, but, um, and not to say that everybody that does that now is like copying us. I don't necessarily feel that way, but also like your crew has to have their own vibe. Right. For sure. You got to have characters. You know what I mean? You guys had Steve yeah. to start with and throughout a lot of it. Now you've got, you know, Eric's been there from, since the beginning, but Doug and, and Ross and, and Austin, that you guys are all totally different. Like you're different yeah. personalities, which makes it even better. I'm thankful for the crew we have. We have a crew of killers that are all fun people. Like, you know, any one of our guys in our crew, you could sit down with at a bar and have a fun conversation. You're not going to be like, God, this guy sucks. Like, I don't, I don't feel that <laughs> yeah. way anyway. Yeah. Some people might, but I don't personally. That's why yeah. they're my friends. So I'm biased, but you get what I'm saying for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely so, get that. So yeah, I guess that would be my answer is like kind of what's bothering me a little bit, but I, I say that and then. You know, here I go. I'll go ten years without killing a deer, and it's like, well, right, <laughs> right. Well, to... I mean, you just came off a mountaintop of a season, so it's like if you kill, if you go a season without having that type of season, that's all right. Well, I Could feel be. like killing three bucks this year is set me up for like the next three years. I really don't need to kill anything. <laughs> okay, you can spread them out. You can kind of sleep in and be lazy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and I, 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 I want to preface this also. Like, I, I don't feel like guy, like you can kill whatever you want. Like, I don't, I'm not saying you got to kill the biggest deer in the land either. I'm just talking about like, there's so much that comes learning with like the kill of that animal. Like, I mean, from soup to nuts, there's so, there's a story behind that. That's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, it's just an experience and, and something else to, to, to learn from. And, and some guy out in PA might be, doing the same thing you're doing and had the same situation. They're going to learn from that. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yep. I got you. I think everybody follows you there. You know? Yep. I don't know. Maybe we're assholes and we're all, and everyone's going to think we're douchebags after this episode. But I think that's a fun conversation. I mean, to us, to me it is because we're in it, but to people at home, they might be like, ah, I don't really care for this shit. Just talk hunting. But yeah, (laughs) I (laughs) I can get into some hunting questions. I got one for you. Yeah. Will Will you ever hunt public land? Yeah, I mean, that's a trick question because I do hunt public land out west. Oh, that is true. Okay, Midwest you know? whitetail, would you ever hunt public land? You know, it, it just depends, really. Um, I'm not against it by any means, but it's hard to leave deer for deer. I've always said that. I'm the um, same way, man. Why am I going to leave deer on a hard-earned piece of private? You know, none of my private is, like, given to me. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's always a catch. So, and I think a lot of people like to ignore that part of private ground for a lot of us. Like, I live in Illinois. It's fucking hard to get free access to private ground. Almost impossible now. Not impossible um, for everybody, but 
really hard. Um, and everybody is trying to fuck the next guy to get on, on his spot, especially if you're in an area where there's big deer. You know, I... I you got a smoke detector with a battery going out or something over there? No, I I keep hearing like that beep noise. Really? I've got nothing yeah. beeping here. Oh, well maybe it's maybe it's uh it's not on my end. But anyway, it don't matter. It's not that too bad. Um <laughs> sorry. I don't have like, a smoke detector. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh dude, I just heard it. It's my chair. Oh really? Hang on. I thought let, it was mine. Just oh, wait, I'm looking for a new studio chair. Let me um, let me let me change my chair just a second. Yeah. We need a we need a podcast chair sponsor to go here. Yeah, give me a podcast sponsor for a chair. Wow, this is different. I, I'm in like a lawn chair now. <laughs> that's how we started, man. The wow, that chair. was that's uh I've got like a rolly chair that like swivels and everything and she's she's kind of on her last leg, so yeah, that's that was probably that. I'm rocking around in mine. Mine makes a lot of noise too, so I'm probably right there with you here soon. Um but yeah, what I'm what I was getting at is like yeah, I'd hunt public, you know. Uh, one of the properties I just hunted um, was just going to lead into some stories that not ready to quite get into yet because i got to build it up. Um, you know, there's some EHD hitting some private ground areas, you know. If it comes out to where I'm like, man, I don't want to hunt this piece this year to give it a break and let everybody get back to normal, you know, maybe I'll dive in on some public. But um, the amount of work I put in on some of these private pieces I have and um, the amount of work I put in to earn some of these private pieces – I don't see myself leaving deer that I worked really hard for to hunt what might be a pressured piece of public and everybody and their brothers, uncles, cousins out there trying to do the same thing just to be cool for the internet or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, um, definitely. I'm not against it. You know, I, I think those guys only hunt private ground is some shit I've seen on forums. I'm like, I killed my muley on public. I killed my antelope on public. Um, I killed my bear on public. You know, anybody can go out there and hunt bears for there. You know, mm -hmm. it was baited, but still on public. Like, um, I'm going elk hunting on public. You know what I mean? So I, that's all Western shit, though. I think that's a little different. Maybe it's yeah, not, but still And that's public. what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, do you think there's a different aura around public out West than hunting public in the Midwest for whitetails? Because, I mean, let's I be honest. like. They're like public in the Midwest for whitetails is, I mean, pretty goddamn populated. You know what I mean? Here, here's what I think it is. I think, and we kind of talked about this uh, when this launches last week. We did an episode with Whitetail Adrenaline, and Jared kind of talks about that. He he didn't do the public land thing for his ego. It's personal satisfaction and just whatever, and shows it can be done. Um, I think out west, everyone's no one has that dream of buying their 40 acres out West because there's so much ground for them to access and use, um, for free, basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, whereas here at home in Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Missouri, wherever, everything is private. And your dream is to just carve out your own little slice of heaven that you can do whatever you want to it and make your little deer haven. Um, I think the, the dreams for hunters are different from Midwest in that case. Um, and I think a lot of, I think there still is a lot of ego in that, like, oh, I killed it on public hunting private deer is easy, which hunt a pressure piece in 40 acres in Illinois. And I think you'd whistle a different tune. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, right. But why would I, when I put in X amount of work into my public or my private permission pieces every year, 
Yeah, and that's I'm I'm right there with you. I've been I've been e scouting public around me for the last two months, and I do it every year. I talk about it, and then once trail cams get deployed and velvet pictures come out, and it's like, why am I leaving this buck to go? try and find a different buck and you know this is another thing i got too is like my family farm is 218 acres but there's 12 of us that hunt it so you know what yeah. i mean like it's yeah. pretty populated now not all not of them, worth it well not all of them bow hunt there's probably six or seven of us that bow hunt it pretty religiously but like even that like 218 acres on with six guys like that that's kind of overpopulated, but I, I I went I did a scout like mission one day uh, last week or the week before I can't remember, but I, I my wife and I walked three point eight miles on my family farm and we we're just like looking for sheds and that kind of thing and and the thought came across my mind of like how how is this different than public ground like I was asking myself that question and the thing is is like I've got communication with every guy in camp like. I can say, hey, who's going to sit in the school 40, you know, or who's going to sit in the back or whatever. Like normally you, you, you can't really do that on public ground. So yeah. it it's still populated, like pretty pressured, but uh, you can kind of dictate in my scenario, like what people do in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I get that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the only difference would be on like my mule deer public ground when me, Clinton, Devin went up. Like I built points for that public to hunt mm-hmm. that unit, but still public. Like we saw hunters, for sure. and um, I just put in a little more legwork. Here, here's where I'm at. You know, um, I qualified for like the bow hunting league. Um, uh, what they call it, like King of Tines. Like I was in the top ten for the year. So I I did get invited to go to one of them southern states and hunt. I didn't go because it was like the only off weekend between all the shows and. Um, but maybe I'm a little different and things will change and I've got some shit for this. And me and Jeremy Beck had a pretty good debate about it on an episode oh, a couple of years ago, a year ago or so, um, you know, hunting smaller whitetails in a Southern state does not interest me. You know, like I think mm-hmm. originally the plans were to go to Florida. Like I'm like, I'm not real. I don't to, for me right now, taking time out of my busy schedule to go hunt whitetails in Florida um, not on my radar. Uh, very little interest. Um, and I just, for me, it's not one of them things I want to do, really. And, and that's no nothing against anybody that does that. But, you know, we live in the Midwest. I I don't know. Does that make sense? Kind of like, yeah. oh, hey, would I get invited? Hey, you should come hunt PA uh, for whitetails some year. I'm like, yeah, maybe one year. But right now it's not even on the radar. Okay, like I, so... I'm going west. I'm doing bucket list stuff. I'm doing things that I want to do. And then after that, then maybe I'll want to go. Okay. I've got, I want to further this point because I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with my head the last month and a half, two months on travel and just even out of Michigan to hunt. So this is really weird. And I don't, and I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, I've the last, I don't know, since 2014, 13 and 14, like I've, traveled to hunt you know out of michigan quite a bit like it was my like it took precedent over michigan hunting not gonna lie to you man like kind of what excites me coming into 22 is i want to hone in on michigan and and like hunt the shit out of michigan and get back to killing like consistent bucks in michigan Mm -hmm. um 
I haven't, you know, my, like I talked about my family farm, I've hunted it since 2016. It's 218 acres and I've only hunted it five sits in, in since 2016, you know, it's like, I have all that land that I even pay for. Like I pay part of that and I don't utilize it. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to challenge myself a little bit more. Like I've, I've been able to go do some awesome hunts and kill some pretty darn big deer and some cool deer and on great hunts. But it's like, man, I kind of want to hone in on that convenience also. I mean, it's right here around yeah. my house and like hone in on these deer and really put my efforts towards that. Like, I'm not saying I won't travel out of state this year, but like things, I don't know what's keeping me here. Like something's keeping me here. It's like, don't leave here. You've got good hunting right here. Figure it out. You need to master this first before you go yeah. back out kind of thing. I get that. And I'd probably feel that way too. Like if I lived in PA or Florida, I'd have that same vibe. Um, but I don't. Yeah. But like I have that feeling when I, so I killed my mule deer in September. I went out there for a bear hunt too. And, and once I get back from those hunts, I get, I, in years past, like chasing antelope around is so much fun. It's just action the whole time. You're making Mohican sneaks over and over and over. And then you come back to a tree stand. You're sitting there. And you're like, oh, I'm impatient. I want to go chase shit around. Yep. And but this year I got back and I was like, man, I just I kind I'm not saying I was starting to lose interest for whitetails. That's not the case. But it just took me a little longer to get in whitetail groove. This year I got get back and I'm like, man, I just love chasing whitetails at home like there's just something about it man there's something about it and yes it's home but like the whole the cat and mouse the the game planning the setting the trees like the whole aura of what is whitetail season in the midwest is such a beautiful thing to me that i'm like god i i'll never get sick of this like Mm -mm. you know when i'm in wyoming or south dakota i'm like man i could live here like if i got a job offer i'm going but then I get home, I'm like, ah, I could never leave this. I'd miss this so much. I feel the same way about Michigan and here, dude. Like, I just, you know, you go somewhere like Alaska on a moose hunt, and it's like, God, it's beautiful. And then it's like, you get home, and you're like, ah, this is awesome. Like, yeah. I get that same feeling. But it's also, that's what makes you grateful for the trips, because the trips aren't your home. Right. So you get to experience this, like, little bit of what is might be considered exotic to you. You're like, wow, this is different. Like, holy shit, mule deer. You never see mule deer at home. Wow, mountains, that hill sucks. It's cool. It's an adventure. Then you get home and you're like, man, but this is where it's at. We're at the home yeah. court. Something about a big Midwestern whitetail, um, the rut, November crisp air, the, the high-pressure mornings, just something about it. Just, I don't know. It's just like engraved in our DNA now. Mm-hmm. No, um, I, I It's get funny. That. You talk to like my buddy Trey is from Wyoming. He's never sat in a tree stand in November in the Midwest. I'm like, dude, I want you to experience that just so you can know what we're talking about. And he might be like, this is stupid, <laughs> you know, when he does it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, Something that and, home. and like to listen to when Devin was on and he came and hunted with Jed and or Judd, Judd not yeah. Jed. I'm sorry. Um, be funny sorry, Judd did Jed. not did not mean to call you Jed. I don't know why I did. <laughs> um, hey. But when he came and hunted, and you guys did those podcasts and everything, and to hear him like he's never hunted whitetail like that before, and that was like he was almost like a a 12 year old being able to hunt for the first time again. Like I got that feeling. I'm like, this is badass. Like this is mm-hmm. really cool to hear this story and for him to experience that. Yeah, that I enjoyed. I enjoyed seeing him get that whole experience, you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I don't know. There's something about it. I guess I just 
at the end of the day, I just love every kind of hunting. You know what I mean? And right. but it's just nice to be at home chasing what you grew up on. And um, I don't know. There's just something about it. Calling your buddies to make game plans. Like I saw the buck tonight, but I didn't get a shot. What do you think I should do tomorrow? You know what I mean? That that that's all part of this whitetail at home hunting situation i guess you know yeah no i agree like and that's something i don't get to do a lot with anymore because i'm traveling a ton in the fall is like hunting with my buddies like i haven't actually like been able to go on a track with my buddies in like years you know so Mm -hmm. it's like i like having that and being there and cracking a beer at a tailgate when there's a buck in the back like that's yeah i miss that you know for sure definitely well i got so I mean, we're going to Wyoming for a bear hunt again this year. So, of course, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but we have Chandler and I are going to Wyoming elk hunting together with my buddy Trey. Nice. Um, we're kind of doing uh, – Trey has guided me. I asked him to guide me one-on-one. And I honestly planned – I'm just talking about hunts now for this coming year since we're talking kind of on that vibe. Um, when my I was going to buy my dad an elk hunt because he always wanted to do that. And when he passed – I called Trey. I'm like, book me a fucking elk hunt. I don't care how much it is. Fuck it. <laughs> we're going. You know, like I just was motivated in that moment. I'm like, we're going. We're doing it for my dad. Um, we're going to do a memorial hunt for Trey's son, Clyde, and, and, and my dad and go for it. So, but Chandler just happened. Like, I think with maybe with my dad passing, um, anybody that's still close with their dad or their dad's still around, they're about my age. I'm like, do fucking everything you can with them, you know? So, yeah. I t- Chandler was like, man, I'd really like to see my dad kill an elk. I'm like, fucking book a hunt because don't kick yourself in the ass and regret it. So that's what they did. So that's awesome. We, still gotta, you know, we put we put in for the application. Hopefully, we draw. I think we will. Yep. Well, my dad is probably your guys' biggest listener. Like he tells me after every podcast you guys do, he's called me for the last couple of years and is like, dude, you listen to this and this? And I'm like, yeah, I did. You know, and he's, no, but your he, dad does. My dad does. Yeah. <clears throat> That's fucking yeah. awesome. Shout he's to your dad. Yeah. He's a, he, he'll be listening to this. Trust me. But he, um, I, I couldn't, you know, getting on dads. Like I couldn't ask for a better dad because he's, him and I are building my house together. Like that's we started cool. from the, from the rip and doing it, and I get to spend every almost every day with him. And for the last eighteen months, we haven't been building that long, but almost a year. Or so, but like I was thinking, like what what to do? Like he's not like he didn't want money. He just wanted to do it with me. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like at the end of this, I'm not going to say what I'm going to do, but because um, he's going to listen to this. But I need like a hunt was like let's go on a father son hunt. And for like a thank you for being the best dad ever and yeah. and helping me build my house. So like, it's funny you guys said that cause I actually thought about an elk hunt. Um, I don't know if he'd want to do an elk hunt though. I think he'd want to kill. I want him to kill like a big white tail, just like he's killed yeah, some good cool. Michigan white tails. Like I'm talking like in the one thirties and stuff like that, but I want him to kill like a big white tail. Yeah. So, just a slammer. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's, I don't know. Hunting brings people together and all that, but I don't know. Yeah, I hear you, dude. It's like I don't know. I just once my dad passed after that deal, I was like, "Fuck it, we I got to do it. Do it now." Yeah, you, you know got I mean? to do it. Yep. And that too, yeah. it's like Clint Casper disagrees with me, and I've kind of been talking about this a lot. It's like I'm not going to be the guy who goes elk hunting every year. It's no. just not for me. It's not possible. And you know, say I kill a couple elk, like I don't need to kill twenty elk. 
Oh, Anna dropped. Call dropped. Get them back on here. Lost you. Technical difficulties. No, my dad literally just called me, and it kicked me off. (laughs) What the fuck was that? So technical difficulties. We're talking about dads. My dad literally just called me, and for some reason, it kicked me off our call and like accepted his call. I didn't even hit my phone. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. All right, well. That's kind of funny. Well, I'll, I'm keeping that rolling in there because that's hilarious. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, go back. You're talking about Clint Casper and, and he oh, agrees yeah, like with I, you. I told him, I'm like, man, I, I'll kill a few elk. Like, I don't need to kill 20 of them. He disagrees. He's like, I, I want to go every year. And for me, that's not on the radar for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And Clint does all those badass hunts. And, you know, he's got to. He's a content creator for... Uh, his job and everything like that, and he's got to go do that. Not saying he wouldn't if he didn't do that job because he would. I mean, if you know Clint, like that's just his that's just his deal. Yeah, me, I'm the same way. Like, honestly, the elk bug hasn't bitten me yet. Like, I don't really like. I still want to kill way a lot more whitetails. Like, I want to kill whitetails like crazy. That's it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like. I just don't if I'm the same as you. If I go on an elk hunt, it'll probably be like a one and done deal. Like let's go kill one and then and be done. And I say that and then I get probably hit by the bug. But like I'm cheap, dude. I'm cheap and it's like, man, it's so much money to go do that. I can't I can't justify like even if you go DIY over the counter Colorado, you're still a couple grand into that. Oh yeah. You know? yeah That's a lot sure. of money. So Yep. It is um and, and then you got a mount that if you do kill something, it's like, geez, you're you could be three, four grand into that whole trip. Oh, easy. So, easy. Um, and, and just space and just, you know, once my kids get a little older, I'm going to be, you know, if I go west, it'll be taking them west. Shit like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we're on the same page with that. I get it, though. I get being the other way about wanting to go out and get a bunch. But Trey tells me, he's like, oh, you wait, dude. We'll get an elk bugling in your face and you'll be hooked. <laughs> so check back in with me uh, late September and you know, I might be singing a different tune. Yeah. But yep. all I can speak from is what I'm feeling. So, yeah. What uh, what else you got going on right now? Like, what else? Uh, do you have anything else that you had wrote down you wanted to talk about? Like, I got. Some I guess other I could talk here. about an upcoming hunt. Um, all the details are getting worked out. Um, as of right now, we're all going to Africa. That's badass. <laughs> it kind of just <laughs> fell in our lap. It's it's a. Uh, we'll do a podcast about it, explain how it all got put together. But it was something that like we always thought about wasn't really on the radar. And uh, this opportunity kind of hit our whole crew, and uh, we all just kind of felt like, man, it'd be the only time in our lifetime that we can all go together. Yep. And uh, so that's what we're doing. (laughs) Does it excite you, like, to hunt Africa? A lot of people are, like, turned off by Africa. So I have a lot of friends that have gone, and a lot of them have, they say it's, like, the most amazing experience. You'll have a different outlook on um, Africa and hunting and the people and what happens with the meat and all that. They say it's just like a very wholesome, eye-opening experience. Um, so, you know, I'm – it's one of those things. It's like there's certain hunts that I might not have thought about or dreamed about every day. I think about like a big muley or a big elk or a big whitetail. But then once it's like, hey, like a possibility – and maybe Africa was one of those. I never thought about it as much. I thought I'd never be able to go. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm like, shit, it's looking like we're going, I'm getting 
pretty excited about it, like really yeah. excited about it. And what's funny is like we go on that, come back, do a show, and then immediately leave for elk hunting. So it's weird because I'm thinking about – I'm trying not to like skip one hunt and excitement for the other. Yep. And I'm like, think right now I have elk and kudu just like fighting each other in my brain. <laughs> Dude, a big kudu would be sweet. <laughs> That's like my number one, you know, like I want to kill a big kudu and we'll get into details. We're going to do a series on it because um, I really want to talk through like how affordable it really is for what you get. And, you know, we're, I, I, we're basically going to do a series on everything going over there, like what it's like, all that shit. Um, so there's a lot of unknowns right now, so I don't want to speak out of out of line because there's a lot I don't know yet. Like this is all is within like the last couple of weeks. Yep. No, that's cool though. What if you go over there, just have a blast, come back, and you're like, ah, I don't really like hunting whitetails anymore. I'm like an Africa guy. <laughs> <laughs> I moved to South Africa. Start wearing real short shorts like all the South African dudes do. Hey, maybe I will. Maybe I'll become a, a PH over there in South yep. Africa and. I'll just do my, I'll do working class African hunter, <laughs> uh, make a new podcast series. that's called like Africa's the shit or something like that. Hunting <laughs> yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anything could happen. Maybe I'll just stay over there. Move my yeah. family to South Africa and we'll kill Oof. kudu and leopards and shit. I can't imagine that you're going to come back and be like, yeah, I'm done whitetail hunting. Like, I, I really don't think that's going to happen. No, no, it definitely won't. But, uh, well, it's, it'd be fun to pretend that, that it's gonna. Yeah, yeah, and it, when it does, I'm just going to be like, I told you so, you know. Yeah, man, uh, you got to come over and get some kudu backstrap, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to expect, you know. It's an adventure. It's one of those things. It's like that is more, it's the hunt, yes, is going to be fun, but I think the adventure of, like, the, the trip over there and the culture and all that is going to be really exciting. Well, and the fact that the crew is going to be together, like, probably the only hunt that will all be together is going to be in itself like just really sweet, I think. Well, it's one of those things, you know, it's really not that expensive of a, of a hunt. We'll break all this down um, when it gets closer. But we all talked. It was like, hey, man, this is how much it is. It kind of fell in our lap through a connection we have. And uh, it was like, man, what if could we all go? Yeah, I mean, that's it's not cheap, cheap, but it's not like what you think it would be. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. And everyone's like, dude, let's all go together. Like, we'll never get to do this again, all of us. So we're all going. <laughs> That's sweet. Are you taking your spouses or anything? Yeah. So the plan now is my wife is going to film me. Um, we're filming it all. Um, and then we're going to have, I think Austin's wife is going to film him. I don't know about anyone else's. And then we're going to bring a camera guy or two. That's fun. That's cool. To, to be able to like include them with that too, they'll have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. That so that'll be an experience in itself, um, but yeah, I mean it's spot and stock or ground blind, whatever you want to do. And um, well, I'm going to learn a lot, man. I mean, the game plans could change. Maybe this whole thing gets thrown out the window, but right now it's looking like it's going to happen. Very cool, man. So that's going to be later in the summer, like August time frame. Yep, August. Okay, that's sweet. Yep. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> I let Slick Trick and Victory know. I'm like, man, I'm going to need some arrows and broadheads. <laughs> Get because. some get some high FOC arrows. Get those big fat daddies. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot some. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna shoot 125 grain heads. 
Yep. Um, because going from shooting a big animal like a kudu, I think a kudu and an elk are similar in size. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But from my understanding, they are. Uh, but I've already been starting to look up shot placement and all that. So I'm going to be just like I did last year from a mule deer hunt. I'm going to be shooting my bow like I'm training for a fight every day. There you go. So I just got the new bow in, so I got to run that down to the McDaniel's place in Indiana and get that baby tuned in and um, basically just start putting in work is the goal. So there you go. What do you got planned for this this fall, upcoming fall? Yeah, spring and fall. Uh, Spring, fall, turkeys, smashing turkeys, um, trying to, you know, it's a little different for me other, you know, now having a different, you know, I shouldn't say a different job, but a different um, well, it's not really a different employer. I, I don't work for Chris and Casey, so I work for another guy doing the same stuff. We'll talk, but it's yeah. it's I'm traveling a little bit more like internationally. Um, he does like a lot of international big big hunts um, instead of or except like he still does you know turkey hunting and, and whitetail hunting, but it's not like his main focus. Like his he's like on that like SCI kind of like he likes that stuff like the bigger stuff. Um, so that's that's different, you know. Uh, in April yeah. right now, I'm going to Kentucky on a turkey hunt, um, filming, but then trying to figure out what allowed a couple of days to be able to to turkey hunt as well. Um, coming into this fall, man, like the big things, uh, Michigan is obviously is going to be something that's like I'm going to really hone in a lot. Like I feel like uh, last couple of years, like I said, like I just don't have the finger on the pulse of like what's going on in Michigan. It's just kind of more of like. Fly, fly by the seat of your pants and uh, just what, you know, when an opportunity presents itself, like capitalize on it. I think it's, it might yeah. take uh, front and center, but um, Ohio is, you know, I can, I'm really trying to hone in on a piece of ground like northern Ohio ish um, where I can be to it in like three or four hours and do mm-hmm. some weekend trips. Uh, that, like, that's a, that's an option. Kansas is an option. I don't think I'm going to draw Kansas. Uh, I don't have any points, and people are saying you're not going to draw without a point. So um, a lot of up in the airs right now. I, I really want to go over and hunt with Jeremy Beck. Uh, he's told me to come over and hunt with him a couple times last yeah, couple years. So I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm Very at cool. right now. <clears throat> cool, man. It's going to be an exciting year no matter what. It, you know, it's could be fun the way it plays out. Imagine we'll do a lot of collab podcasts in the meantime and get caught up yeah. in all that shit. So, but uh, no, man, this is kind of fun. Just kind of cutting up a little bit and no agenda, just talking shit and hanging yeah. out. Yeah, I don't like to go to preface back of what I was saying. I'm not trying to put anybody on blast or talk shit about it, but just I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say, it just kind of, I can't get away from it. it just kind of irks me how like it's just uh, I I don't know. Uh, Hammering home what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't know what the best way to say how to say. Yeah, it. I know what you mean. I mean, sometimes when you word things, I don't know. I I think I say a lot of things that come off differently than how I feel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or how I want them to come off as, and I'm like, ah, shit, sound like a dickhead, and I didn't really mean to be <laughs> yeah. a dickhead in that moment. But also, it's like whatever. Like you're not going to make everybody happy. There's people out there that like what we do and hate what we do. And that's on my working class and the falls end, you know, it's like, whatever. So the thing, all we can do is just do what we do and have fun doing it. And that's, that's the way I look at it, man. I'm having a blast in what I'm doing and, and uh, I've got a good following. I don't have the working class following. I wish I did. <laughs> you guys, have, you have a cult following, dude. It's, it's pretty badass how you do though. I mean, you have, you guys have a big following of fans that, 
uh, it's ride or dies. You know what I mean? Like that's the impression I get. And I'm like, I, I want that, you know? Well, I appreciate you saying that. I, I think, you know, I think a lot of it just stems with us being who we are um, and being who we are in person and on the podcast, you know? And I think, I don't know. I mean, you listen to episode, fi- episode 500. I think that right there is an example of like, yes, we've, we've been doing podcasts for a long time. We've gained some traction. Like I know what our numbers are, you know, so I know there's there's a following. But um, like if, if we didn't hold anything back because we have a following, right? And I think yep. that that's that's what our appeal is, you know. Like we work with Drury Outdoors, like, and you know we button up for that series, right? Because it's that's a, the the G rated version of Working Class is on the the Deercast. Um, but even that being said, like you take someone that just knows us on Deercast and they go to five hundred, it might be kind of a shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're just reckless, you know. We're talking everything from hunting to who Doug banged on a tra- at a trade show. <laughs> What's this count up to anyway? By now, <laughs> well, anything could have happened because we're coming into Ohio now. But he's behind his par. Um, so far, he's only filled his Nebraska tag. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling people uh, Saturday at Iowa, was like, "Well, I got to punch two today to stay on par." And where oh, I was like, oh, that ain't happening. <laughs> he's just a bird watcher in Iowa anyway. <laughs> Dude, somebody brought him a bird watching book in Iowa. No way. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like that shit right there. Like that's a cult following. Like that's like hardcore shit. You have people making you signs and, and shit all the time. Like that's hardcore. Like that's a cult following. We call it cult. Say just people are cool. But, uh, you, okay, yeah, cult I mean, might, be, you, <laughs> might be a little You call harsh. whatever you want to call it, Aaron, but uh, that's not a cult, brother. I don't know what kind of cults they got in Michigan. <laughs> a good cult, I guess. <laughs> it's great people that support what we do, and we're yeah. forever fucking thankful for it, man. And it's one of those things, man. You wish you could go out and drink beer with everybody that gives you any bit of credit, but I think we'd die real fast if we did that. Yeah, yeah. But don't mean we're not going to try. What's up? See Hell you guys yeah. in Ohio. There you go, man. So, well, all right, buddy. Well, this is fun, man. Plug, plug your stuff. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. Go check out the Fall Podcast on Apple Podcast or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you download it. Appreciate that. Um, trying to grow, get my YouTube a little more uh, growth in there. So, the Fall Podcast on YouTube, putting up some content and everything there. That's like one thing I am changing for twenty two is just trying to get more content on that as well. But uh, yeah, check them out. Leave me a leave me a five star rating and a written review. It'd be great. Shameless plug. Love it. Well, that's what it's here for, man. Help each other. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy the conversation, dude. Let's do it again, but on your end next time. Yeah. So let's do it. All right, right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we appreciate all your support. We will see you hopefully at the Ohio Classic uh, by the time this launches. Wisconsin the weekend after and Peoria, Illinois the following weekend there. That's our last one. And then we're on to chasing turkeys. So you know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.
anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.